0: Welcome to From Betrayal to Break You. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Sheila Sutherland. And with almost 20 years experience in the science and education industries, Sheila Sutherland combines her knowledge, quirky sense of humor, and curiosity in human behavior to find ways to master this thing called life. As a certified social and emotional intelligence coach, Sheila guides her clients through the cultivation of the necessary competencies to manage their behavior, their responses, and relationships with others to increase their level of success, both personally and professionally. Through Shaler's coaching programs, workshops, and podcasts, her clients and listeners benefit from her vast wisdom and passion to find tangible ways to live life with the utmost of happiness. And today we're going to be talking about how to go from victim to victor when it comes to working through a betrayal of our body. What do you do when every doctor you see can't figure out what's happening, yet your body won't do normal everyday activities like give you the strength to get out of bed, create sentences that make sense? What do you do when the only areas that don't hurt are your face and your hair? You'll find out when you hear the story my guest Sheila Sutherland will share. Here she is. Okay, so we have Sheila Sutherland with us today, and she is going to be talking about how to go from being a victim to a victor. Welcome, Sheila. Hi, Debbie. So great to be here. I'm excited. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time. So this really isn't betrayal of a person necessarily. We're talking about betrayal of your body. What do Mm -hmm. you mean by that?
1: Well, there was, oh, how do you even put, put my wrap my head around it? I was always the type of person who my whole identity was wrapped around my intellect. You know, I was, had a sharp wit. I knew, hey, I had an answer for everything. You know, it made me a good teacher because at that point in time, I was a high school teacher. I taught high school math and science. So I was always able to, you know, with the kids, they always had bunches of questions and I could, I could rapid fire answers off to them and no problem. Then there was one day I woke up and it's like my brain decided to take a vacation. Mm -hmm. And I I could barely think, I could barely focus. My words were becoming mixed up. Like I would think one thing and say something else and I'd be like, where did that come from? And I, I felt completely betrayed by my brain. And then I started developing all this chronic pain in my body. And I was in the doctor's office literally every week, if not twice a week, going, what is going on? I feel mm-hmm. like I'm falling apart bit by bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was no, no clear answers. So then now, I felt my whole body was turning on me. Right. And and what kind of
0: symptoms were you having? So you just felt like you're like you're, your, your brain wasn't working, right? Did you know, like, as you were speaking, were you hearing what was coming out? And were you saying like, where'd that come from kind of stuff? Like, t- t- tell, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know if anyone's ever had that feeling where, you know, you're, you're searching for something to say it's on the tip of your tongue, but you just, you can't verbalize it. You, you know, it's there, but you can't find it. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that going on. And then, yeah, like I, say, I would say something, like say i say, I meant to say orange and I said banana. And then I'd be thinking going, why did I say banana? That's not what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so then it was like, I don't, I don't understand. And, and people were catching on to this going, you know, and, right, you know, just not in a mean way, but they would tease me about it. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, what was that? Are you having like an Alzheimer moment? And you know, things like this, right? And I'm like, Oh my God, maybe I am. (laughs) Right. And that's really
0: scary. So then, so here you are, you're saying things that you, you like, your brain wants you to say something else, but it's not coming out that way. And, and that's definitely frightening. And then what about your body? What kind of symptoms were you having there? Oh my gosh. It was,
1: it would it was this this massive pain that would travel my body like there was never one spot i remember there was this one day my mom called me and she asked me how are you feeling and i said well you know the only thing that isn't throbbing on my body is my face and my hair mm. and it was just but there was this constant throbbing pain always and that was causing me to be just massively exhausted all the time cuz anybody has ever dealt with any pain, you know that it just it tires you out mentally and emotionally, let alone physically. It's exhausting, sure. Yeah. So what were the, so you said the doctors
0: weren't really giving you answers. What kinds, like what kind of, of therapists, doctors, healers, practitioners were you
1: seeing and what were they saying? Well, initially I was just going to my GP because we mm-hmm. had to go through this whole process of testing for absolutely everything. Like mm-hmm. we had to do a process of elimination. So you name it, I've been tested for it. And even things that were the most obscure things, because she's like, well, we, we have to rule them out. Mm-hmm. And so it was blood test after blood test and, and you know, having, I mean, MRIs and scans and, you know, everything of, from the medical standpoint, looking at it. And finally, we came down to, it took us, I'm trying to think now, it probably took us about four or five months of testing till she kind of came to the conclusion of it was a a rarely diagnosed at that point in time anyways, Mm -hmm. a condition called myalgic encephalomyelitis.
0: Okay. So if you can
1: just say (laughs) that (laughs)
0: again slowly and then (laughs)
1: tell us what that is. (laughs) Yeah. It's a mouthful. So it's myalgic encephalomyelitis. So what that means in English is uh, inflammation of the brain, nerves, and spinal column. Mm. And so because, you know, it affects you neurologically, every system in your body gets affected. The main parts around it, of course, is the brain fog. So that's where, you know, again, you can't focus, you can't, you know, information just cannot seem to be retained,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you have, and that's where, they, you know, having the hard time speaking and, you know, mm-hmm. getting points across you have the extreme uh, chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. Like it was fatigue. Like I have never, I mean, I've been tired before, but this was intense. Like I couldn't even go grocery shopping without having to go to bed afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I'd never felt anything like that. And then, like I say, the massive pain. Like there was days uh, I had the shooting pains in my legs that I couldn't even stand up, let alone walk. And, you know, like I say, someone who was, Previous to this, the most healthiest she'd ever been in her life, mm-hmm. it, it just didn't make sense. So now, you know,
0: I imagine on, on one hand, you're relieved you, because you finally know what this is. But on the other hand, you're terrified because you're saying, what the heck do I do with this now?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the as, great, like you say, as great as it was that they could put a name on it, the problem was is because it was so rarely diagnosed and not really studied, there was no medical protocol. Mm-hmm. So even my doctor had no clue, uh, of what to do with this. I mean, I, I did what little bit of research there was done on it. I, I followed their instructions and that, in, cause what they believe, what caused it was mm-hmm. previous to this. I had been under massive stress. I had, I had, well, there was a whole bunch of different uh, situations that went on. One of them being losing my home to a fire oh, wow. and so there was this massive stress of which I had been diagnosed with PTSD on mm-hmm. top of it before this. And they figured that in that time, my immune system became so um, suppressed mm-hmm. that a certain bact- I came in contact with a certain bacteria and my body didn't recognize it. And it crossed the blood brain barrier. Oh. So once it crosses that barrier, it's really hard to fight with antibiotics and- mm-hmm. That was the only protocol there was, was to put me on two of the strongest antibiotics and hope that I catch some of the life cycle of the bacteria of when it is in my bloodstream. And, right. But we did that for a full year. Now, anyone who knows what prolonged use of antibiotics does to your body.
0: Wow, does to your gut. So now your gut's yeah. wrecked.
1: Right. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, This the, the cure isn't really helping me here. It's actually creating, creating more things. And I mean, I got a little bit of relief. You know, mm-hmm. I won't say it, it didn't work, but I got some relief, but not enough for me to stay on those antibiotics. So that's when I, I came off. I had a, a rather strong discussion with my doctor and mm-hmm. said, I need to figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm because uh, unfortunately, you know, the medical community, the, the traditional medical community doesn't really have anything for me for this. I need to try something else because mm-hmm. this isn't working. So and what'd you do? So, well, so then I went on my own. So then again, because I know from my biology background, I'm like, okay, I know my gut is now a wreck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, from, mm-hmm. So I started focusing on a gut health. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to, I trying to think how, what her title was. She was a I think she went uh, a holistic pharmacist. What she Mm -hmm. what she was called, and so we talked about some things there. And she set me on the path of of things that I could do to start healing my gut. So I really started working on from that aspect there. And then I mean I was starting to try every practitioner out there. I mean I was doing uh, acupuncture, I was doing Reiki, I you know you name it, I went and tried it because you know it's you never know what's going to work for you. Right. And it's,
0: it's when we almost need to get into that position where there's nothing to lose, right? right? Where you're like, I've exhausted everything. I have nothing to lose. Let me just try this. And it's in those, uh, in that moment, that something, you know, can possibly work. So what did you find relief from? I mean, did the gut, uh, whoever you're working with, with gut health, did that help or the,
1: the Reiki or the uh, acupuncture? Well, when it comes to the, from the chronic pain aspect, mm-hmm. what really worked for me was meditation. Mm. And, you know, I, to, previous to this, I always thought, oh, meditation, you know, what is that? You know, it's just kind of, you know, you sit and mm-hmm. you don't think about things, you know, <laughs> you know, I, and I went, I tried it. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. If there's actually, you know, that's what it's going through my head. And I kind of went to that, I was at to that point of what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. So I did one of, uh, you know, Deepak Chopra does those 21-day mm-hmm. meditation challenges. So I was like, well, I'm going to sign up for this, see what happens. You know, because they're nice little, you know, 15, 20-minute segments. I figured, okay, even I can do that. Mm-hmm. By day three, the pain stopped. Wow. And I was sitting there, Like I was. I woke up that morning and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not actually feeling any pain. And I'm like, this stuff works. And wow. I, I was, I was in disbelief, you know, but I, I kept, kept going and, you know, finished the whole challenge. And I'm not saying it stayed away completely the, you know, it comes ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. but I, it, where I am today compared to then, I, it, it is a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still dealing with some pain uh, today, but I mean, like I said before, there was points in times I couldn't even move before because it was so encompassing. And now it's, it's so minor that most people, when they look at me, they have no idea that I'm having, I'm dealing with any pain at all. Right. So when,
0: so when you were doing this 21 day challenge and you said it was day three, was there something, what did you, did you just feel something? Did you have more energy? Did you just notice the pain was gone? Take us back and and let us, you know, to, to then and tell us what you experienced.
1: Well, what I have found uh, because of the the chronic fatigue factor, when I was doing meditation and, and even beyond the 21 day challenge, I started doing some guided meditation with a a local lady. So then I upped it to, well, I think our sessions were up to 45 minutes to an hour, if not longer. And i was finding that that was my one moment of relief in a day mm-hmm. because i could come out of a meditation session and feel more alive more awake more energized than i had at any point in time of the day now granted that didn't last long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but it was it gave me some relief so just mentally and emotionally it was kind of it gave me that chance to to refocus and kind of going okay you know i I'm not falling apart. I can actually, I can do something. I kind of have a certain amount of control over this because that was one of the hardest parts for me is I felt like I had lost control of my body.
0: Right. Which is so frightening. So, and, and and PTSD is frightening too. And that Mm -hmm. is so common to betrayal. You know, we, we look at PTSD and think that, oh, it's just reserved for war vets. You know, they hear a car backfire and they think they're, they're back there to that experience. That's not the case at all. It's we're reminded and the body acts as if it's happening all over again. And this could be triggers from a betrayal experience. So your PTSD, you'd mentioned that and you mentioned the house fire. Is
1: that Mm -hmm. where it stemmed from? Is that where, Came from. That's where the initial diagnosis came from. Mm -hmm. But when I, kind of doing my own work of, of, you know, somewhat dealing with some past stuff in my in my history, I actually came to the realization that I have been dealing with PTSD since the age of four. Oh wow! And I've just been one of those high functioning uh, PTSD because, like, say the research is now showing that there's 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 so many of us walking around this earth that actually have PTSD symptoms and don't realize it. Mm-hmm. They're realizing it is more than first responders and, and vets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully for them, like they're, they've brought this to our attention and, and they're, and believe me, my PTSD is nothing compared to what some of them deal with. Cause everybody, everybody's PTSD is different, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's an individual experience, mm-hmm. but, But yeah, I, I I came to realize that I had been in that state since a child and, but this fire, I think was just, it was the culmination of everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like my bot, how my doctor explained it is that my body got stuck in high alert. Right. So I was always, afterwards, I was always in fight or flight.
0: And th- I mean, the body can't do that. It, it can't sustain that. It's as yeah. if you know we're in this this fight or flight. It's like we're running from a saber tooth tiger. It's like we're running all the time. Yeah. You know, we just can't keep that up. So,
1: d- did the meditation help the PTSD? I believe so. You know, because because I was diagnosed with the PTSD. I'm trying to think now. So that would have been about February of 2011. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't diagnosed with the chronic illness until almost a year later, actually more than a year later. Mm-hmm. So I think it was that that year of time of my you know my nervous system being on high alert, in my my opinion anyways, contributed to the the diagnosis of the chronic illness because they said it was stress based. Now with the meditation, I, yes, I do believe that it helped a lot of that because it helped calm my mind because mm-hmm. I was a very I always equated my mind to like a hamster wheel. Right, that hamster was constantly running, 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 and running. And after once I, you know, because meditation, like anything, is a practice, right? You have to do it on a consistent, regular basis. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, my mind finally went, "Oh, so we can rest a little bit." And it started learning that there was another way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was well, not overnight, and I can't, I can't even tell you like how long it was before it truly started happening. But it was. It was just like, all of a sudden there was that realization of, oh, my brain isn't always running and oh, I can actually go to sleep at night instead of staring at the ceiling for three hours, you know, willing my body you know, to fall right.
0: So now just this meditation practice, because there are so many different yes. ways to meditate. This was a once a day, twice a day.
1: How long, what was the process? Well, with those, like I say, with the, being that I started doing the, the challenge that was once a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, like I say, around about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. but eventually I got to feel like that wasn't enough. So then over and above that, I was going once a week to do the guided practice, which I think is, like I say, it was about an hour. And I think sometimes we'd have even an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, but I had, but that was something I had to build up towards. Now I find that my sweet spot is 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's so, it's so important here. I just want to, I just want to stop you there because mm-hmm. so many people feel they don't, they don't have the time or they're not doing it right or what's the, the right way. And what you're saying is, I mean, it, it sounds like it's, it's completely based on what worked for you. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned guided meditation. What some, people find really helpful with guided meditation is it gives them something to focus on and that's helpful. And, and I found personally where something like journaling is really helpful because it also gives me something to do. And so, you know, on one hand, I feel like I'm accomplishing something. So that takes care of my control freak self. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the other part that, that is allowing things to be sort of, you know, unearthed, unleashed through that journaling process. So it really is such an individual thing, but, but just, what I, what I want everybody to hear from this is it's just in the, just begin, just yeah. start. And like with you, it started with the, the uh challenge and it, that it sort of morphed and evolved into this, this other thing that you were doing. So what did it lead to the, the meditation? Well, just how you started feeling. I mean, what, Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. no, the, the, it definitely led to, like I say, so that the pain was decreasing and I'm trying to think time-wise Event, I think it was about two, year, two years in or so, two to three years in, all of a sudden it was my brain fog had lifted. Mm. And, you know, i and talking with my my doctors and they're like, oh, well, the latest research is showing that, yeah, sometimes if you're doing, you know, some mindfulness work that, you know, certain things can, chemicals can change and, that, and it will happen. And I'm like, well, cool, because I've just proven that. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I felt like I was a little ahead of the curve. Um, Because I was, I went out on my own, right? I say I broke from the herd and I went Mm -hmm. and tried my own thing. But on top of that as well, in conjunction with the working on the healing the gut, because we know now that how much the gut affects our brain as well, Mm -hmm. neurologically, that I think that was in conjunction of the two, because I was doing the two of them at the same time that had a big play in it as well.
0: Now I want to get to the, the emotional piece of this, because Mm -hmm. with betrayal, of course, there's, it's so common to, to be angry and upset with here and with, with this, with a scenario like this, you're trusting your doctor to just suggest the right thing. And here, you know, you're on a year's worth of antibiotics, which now you're dealing with a gut issue. Was there, was there a feeling of betrayal there? Like, you know, we're we're now you're dealing with this, you have to heal your gut based on, I mean, you know, there's no blame here, but just this is what happens so typically with betrayal. Now there's anger, like what were you suggesting that for? Now look at the mess I'm in,
1: well, exactly. and we did. like there were we did have a moment where I you know, like you say we we I would almost say we had an argument in the doctor's office mm-hmm. and because she didn't like the fact that I was kind of going off doing my own thing mm-hmm. and there were certain things that she wanted me to do. I couldn't change. Mm -hmm. Like there was, you know, cause she, of course, she wanted me to live as, as stress-free of a life as possible. But I, in that time I was in the position of being the primary caregiver for my, both of my aging parents. And I'm like, I'm it. I'm all they have. I have to, like, you want me to say no and abandon them? Like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So there was, I, I had to find a way to be able to, you know, still to do both. But Yeah, I did feel like the medical community let me down, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because they had no answers for me. And I guess when even when you look at different the different types of betrayal, like even like the there was the person who started the fire that lost my that caused my home to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of anger towards that person as Mm -hmm. well. Like I felt betrayed for them. Like, how could how could they do this? How could they be so silly to leave that cigarette burning that, Mm -hmm. you know, what did you think was going to happen? You know, kind of thing. So I was dealing with a lot of anger and storing that in my body, which didn't help uh, in a lot of the pain because I I started to realize that when I allowed myself to get really emotionally wound up about Mm -hmm. something, my symptoms would increase tenfold.
0: Right. Right. Cause yeah. you became so aware. It sounds like, so, so let's just take that scenario. So the person who caused the house fire, how did you make peace with that or make meaning from it? Was there a forgiveness process? What'd you do?
1: Oh, well, I think it may, may be a part of it. I'm still working through, even though it's now eight years later, but um, there is the first thing I had to do was deal with the initial anger. Mm -hmm. Like I had to get it out of my body and my whole life, I had been the person that always stuffed my anger down in some way. Like I was never, I never felt that I was safe to express it because I was kind of brought up that it wasn't good, Mm -hmm. you know, to do that. And so I had to find an outlet. I knew at that point, my body just couldn't take that stress anymore. it had no capacity to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. So I had to find outlets. So one way, and you had mentioned it earlier, is doing some journaling. Mm-hmm. I was never a journaler before that. I uh, never really saw the, the benefit in it. Mm-hmm. But I would do, I guess what I would call almost like a, a free flow type of journaling where I would just write unfiltered. I wouldn't even read it back what I wrote. Like I would just, if I, you know, if I had to swear, if I had to say whatever I had to do, I just wrote until I felt empty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that would be 18 pages later, (laughs) Mm. you know, but I just did it, you know, and I'd be bawling the whole time. And, but that, that part was therapeutic. And then I also had to find something physical Mm -hmm. to do. And for me, it was boxing. Wow. And because it, for me, it was really therapeutic to hit something, Mm. you know, and, and, you know, in a non-harmful way. (laughs) Right. Right. And so when I would go to the boxing gym, like I would, I would leave it all on the floor so that when I walked out of there, like I could bear, I couldn't even lift my arms. I could barely walk <laughs> because I was so spent. Yeah. But it, but a lot of times I would actually, I would have that, that person's, I'd actually visualize that person there, like as if I was actually taking out my anger on him. Mm. But eventually like it, and I can't really say, I can't really put a timeline around it, but eventually it was, I have to let this go. Mm -hmm. And it took time. And I'm not going to say it's not not an easy overnight process, Mm -hmm. but I had to get to the point of I can't keep holding on to this.
0: And you know what I love about what you're saying? I love so many things about what you're saying. But so often... You know we we just deny ourselves that anger, but we need to get that yes. out. It's not safe to to just yeah. hold that in. The body can't handle it. and we we just we are not equipped to handle that level of stress for so long. And there's really, you know, it it's endless what we can do, whether it's meditating, journaling, exercising, whatever, it being in nature, whatever it is for you, but it's finding that outlet and finding what it is that makes us feel better so that we can let out that anger, let out that stress, make some meaning out of this experience. And it sounds like you found your own combination of what works best for
1: you. Exactly. And and thankfully for, for bringing up the, the nature part of it, because that had a, a huge part in it too like was, especially when you're looking at meditation, a lot of people can't handle, like, they just don't like the idea of just sitting in one spot Mm -hmm. and closing their eyes. Well, there's something called walking meditation. Mm -hmm. And as I did a lot of that as well. And for me, I had to be out in nature. Like I can't just go for a walk. Mm -hmm. I have to get on a trail. I have to be by a lake or be by the ocean. And I, I really found that especially when I was by the ocean, that was my special healing place. Mm. And I think it's important for all, like you had mentioned before, finding that whatever that is for everybody, because it's going to be different. Find that one space that you can fully relax and, and have that healing moment and spend as much time as you can there. And it has numerous effects.
0: And it's so true. And, and for everybody really take, pay attention to how your body feels when you're in, uh, just when I'm sure, you know, you felt the difference when you're in a highly stressful place and environment. And when you're at, a place like the beach or whatever mm-hmm. it is coming, you know, whatever's coming for you, the, a park or a, and a you know, walking on a, a trail in a forest or in a, some beautiful countryside thing somewhere, whatever it is, but note how your body feels and, uh, nature is so healing. So Sheila, what do you want to make sure we know before we wrap up?
1: I kind of just piggybacking more on what you were saying right there. And that's the one thing that I, I find that I'm, I'm probably most grateful for, for this whole process is really having that reconnection with my body, you know, and I think that we come in at a point in time, especially when we get to kind of like the middle point of age where we've, we've kind of disconnected mm-hmm. uh, from our bodies and, in having that gift of being able to reconnect to really know what my body needs
0: mm-hmm.
1: and know that I need to give it to them and this is why self-care uh, is such an important thing in my life now I mean I used to think of it as just oh, some fluffy whatever mm-hmm. but I realize now I need to take care of me because if I don't take care of me I can't take care of those that I love and yes. I need I need to make sure that, that my vessel is full.
0: Mm, so true. It's not selfish. It's self-preservation. It is. Absolutely. So where do we learn more about you?
1: Best is going to my website at reigniteyourpurpose.com. Uh I have my social links. I'm mostly Facebook and Instagram. And there's always uh, articles and, and things that I'm talking about on there of various topics. So what I'd love to, you know, to say connect with anybody who uh, wants to have a chat. Oh,
0: that's so great. Sheila, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And I I know everybody listening who's walking around with some kind of crazy symptom, there's a reason for it and there's a way to heal.
1: So thank you
0: so much for sharing your, your, you know, your story, your
1: expertise. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having this platform for me to do that. Thank you. Wow, isn't it amazing how through
0: trial and error and through ruling things out that we do some serious detective work to finally get to the root of what's happening with us? I love how Sheila shared what she tried after conventional methods didn't work, like healing her gut, acupuncture, Reiki, meditation, journaling, nature, and kickboxing. A great lesson to to find what works for you and get that stress out of your body. Stay in touch with Sheila by going to reigniteyourpurpose.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway... Meditation works. It's not just to calm the anxious mind. It's to help calm the nervous system and reduce the stress response that's wreaking havoc on your body and mind. Find the meditation practice, like walking meditation, using a mantra, guided meditation, really anything that'll work. But do yourself a favor and give it a try. Studies prove over and over how powerful it is. So start slowly and find what's best for you. And if you haven't already, see what you're betrayal has left in its wake by taking the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. You'll find it at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.